0: Welcome to Bubbly Babble, a podcast discussing the challenges around continuous integration, continuous delivery, and release readiness. Brought to you by the developers of Bubbly.
1: Uh, Welcome everyone to the first episode of uh, Bubbly Babble, uh, which is our podcast that we've started about uh, Bubbly, which is an open source tool that we have now been working on for a little while and soon releasing to the open source world and we'll be yeah trying with pilot customers and so on so it's really an exciting time for us um and uh yeah this this uh podcast is called the origins of bubbly and why we decided to create a tool so before we get into it i guess we could give a quick um round of introductions to who's here so you hear our voices and know who's talking uh i'm jacob and um yeah, I guess I'll be mostly hosting this podcast. And okay, so we've got um, we've got three lovely people with us uh, in this school. I say we. Uh, I'm the only one talking right now. I I and three other people <laughs> are in this are in this podcast. So let's uh, let's uh, say hello to everybody. So um, uh, Ben, you want to give a quick um, introduction about yourself and also name your three favorite technologies. Um, and we've promised we won't judge <laughs>
2: Thanks Jacob yeah uh, hi everyone so i'm I'm Ben um, I was a DevOps infra engineer at Verifer. and now I work as a full stack uh, developer at Bubbly three top technologies that's a tough one but I would have to be a bit of a cop out and say go terraform and Kubernetes
1: so three 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 times Go, then, because they're all written in uh, in Go. <laughs> exactly. There's a theme here
2: somewhere. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, sounds great. Thanks for that. And uh, we've also got Oliver here.
0: Hello. I'm Oliver. Um, I'm a junior member of the team, uh, an nocturnal golfer, because I program in Go. That is why one of my favorite tools as well. Uh, I'll be different, and I'll say that my other two favorite things are laser cutting and 3D printing.
1: Okay. Are those technologies? Or are those yes. like activities? Are you they technologies?
0: Technologies? Well, 3D printing is a technology, yes. Okay. Di- it's a set of technologies, if you want to be precise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right,
0: cool. Hi, I'm Nate. I'm a software architect here on Bubbly. I have a
2: background in server-side technologies. My three favorite technologies are Go, GraphQL, and Datagrip.
1: Cool. Thanks, Nate. And yeah, finally, uh, my name is is uh, is Jacob, and I've been a consultant um, for quite some time uh, doing yeah, DevOps things, Terraform Cloud, um, CI, CD, lots of different things, and, and now taking um, product lead type role uh, on on bubbly, which is really exciting, so um, yeah and uh i guess i should do my three favorite technologies as well which is kind of kind of tough but um uh i could be easy and say terraform kubernetes and golang as well i mean are we doing this by what we enjoy oh and bubbly somebody's <laughs> somebody's posting um but yeah i would i would say somewhere somewhere in that realm um uh, container orchestration and 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 automation and these kind of things are are really um, things that I enjoy so all right so yeah uh quick background as to um why we ended up um, yeah creating a tool and a little bit about Verifa as well so um yeah uh, well you probably heard a few times being mentioned from the introductions Verifa and continuous delivery and these these kind of things so uh yeah is a pure services company offering help advice um and actually doing work for our customers uh, around continuous integration continuous delivery devops cloud so basically lots of kubernetes lots of terraform uh, lots of jenkins still um and well just yeah tackling and solving these problems and 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 providing um like a, a knowledge base of information across the different consultants that we have and um yeah um how we got to where we are now is that we have been working with different customers and different domains but we always come across the same sort of challenge in our work and uh, that is the challenge of of release readiness um moving from sort of ci to, to 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 cd and bringing visibility and understanding into what's going on there so um that is the primary reason for 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 bubbly existing and i guess to to fully explain that you need to consider some of the differences between continuous integration and, and continuous delivery. And well, if you ask different people, you're probably going to get a different different response. But I think what, what, what we have agreed on as an easy way to distinguish these is that if you can put something into a CI pipeline easily, then it's probably CI. But if it's something that isn't easily put in some kind of CI pipeline, then it's probably CD. So uh, let's take some examples. If you have like a software build, well, you can put that in a CI pipeline. So it's probably like CI. Uh, running unit tests, again, CI. Running some kind of automated tests, um, probably CI again. Uh, running some kind of security scans, yeah, probably CI um maybe if we get a little bit more advanced it could be something like scanning for open source packages and these sorts of things probably still ci because you can run tools and put them in a ci pipeline so um if we start talking about some cd activities continuous delivery activities like what do you need to do together with um these kind of like tools or tests that you run in your in your pipeline um There could be things like uh, making sure that all your tasks in your task management are closed. If you have filed any bugs, uh, if you have features that have been created uh, in like Jira or something, checking that those have been closed. So that's not something that usually falls inside a CI pipeline, but it's probably an activity as part of your release process. Um, You might be creating some kind of documentation. Uh, These could be like internal artifacts uh, with test reports, with something else that you might need for compliance reasons. Uh, They could also be the actual end user documentation, making sure that gets updated and handled. Um, And uh, I guess at some point in the process as well, you're gonna get together and run through some kind of checklist to say that like, have we run the tests? Yeah, and what are the results? Well, they're, they're good um and uh, have we you know closed all the jira tasks yeah looks good um you know you're going to continue through this process and in the end it's going to come down to a decision about confidence that do you collectively have the confidence in the the data that you have to say that we are ready for a release um and then yeah release your software whether that be through a channel like partners or something or whether it's deploying to your kubernetes environment in the cloud i mean this might all happen in a continuous deployment pipeline, and all be automated, which is great for you, but not really possible for everybody, and and maybe not a goal for everybody as well. So, um, but this this question about confidence is really what we are trying to trying to tackle with 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 bubbly. Um, and I guess the the problem there is is data, um, uh, even even within. Uh, the same company there might be different teams that are working with different technologies you might have some some of your team developing in c++ others in c sharp some in i don't know golang Uh, they're going to be using different tools different testing frameworks um, maybe even a slightly different uh, branching and um, development process and how do you get this data into the same sort of format into the same sort of process into the same sort of well like way so that you can get this confidence measure uh, that's really quite a challenging thing to do um, our experience has been that some companies might use tools like sonar cube for for quality where they put in you know, a static analysis and unit test data into one place they um, they might then um, create some kind of uh, testing reports or they might have a, a tool for capturing their, their test automation results um, they might then have a commercial Tool for managing open source licenses and um, security vulnerabilities, and just these three things would be like three completely separate databases, three completely separate dashboards, and um, yeah, it would be a manual a manual process of going through and checking those. Obviously, you could you know put some script in your pipeline to say, do we have you know any like major CVEs or do we have any major license violations? You could create some kind of simple check in your in your CI pipelines for that, but At the end of the day, you're going to need to go around these three different databases and and have a look. So what are the, what what are the solutions to to this? Um, at least what we have seen is that, well, people don't solve it, uh, which is quite common. (laughs) They just continue and, uh, check these things manually. Um, and more common. Implementation though is to use something like Elasticsearch or Influx uh, DB or, or maybe even Prometheus to some extent, some kind of um, some kind of database or, or Postgres or something like this. And then um, some guys would pick out their favorite tools, favorite languages, and maybe start hacking away with Python and uh, building some kind of like data streaming thing to put the data into these databases and create some create some dashboards maybe with Grafana or Kibana or or something else. Um, But I think what a lot of people don't see with this is that there's a lot of effort involved in in this process in the end. Um, And well, yeah, you're kind of reinventing the wheel each time. So um, this is where we're hoping Bubbly will come in um, and and enable people to quickly build um, data pipelines and build dashboards and get the data that they want and be able to use it for this. For this kind of um, this kind of confidence. All right. Does that kind of summarize the problem? Do you think, guys? Sorry, I went on a bit of a of a rant there, but. Um...
2: I think so. Yeah, I think it does a really good job.
1: Cool. Okay, then uh, I guess let's uh, maybe have some 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 sort of general questions about Bubbly. Um, ben, maybe you want to take this one that. Um, yeah, how how do I how do I work with Bubbly? Like, how how do I code uh, in Bubbly? How do I like set something up? Um...
2: Yeah, sure, I can I can take this one. Um, so I think we really wanted to keep it as as native as possible. Uh, coming from an infrastructure or DevOps background, we knew we we had a couple of things. We knew we knew we loved Terraform, and we knew we loved Kubernetes. Um, now, for those who don't know, Terraform is written in HCL, which is HashiCorp's uh, DSL, basically. And it's a way of defining infrastructure declaratively. Um, so we took that inspiration and we pretty much allow you to write bubbly pipelines in this same DSL, so as HCL code. Um, the second, as I mentioned, was uh, Kubernetes. So if you speak to anyone who uses Kubernetes, you know that they love the API. So what we wanted to do when building out uh, Bubbly was again keep this as, as native as possible, and so bubbly is built upon the same building blocks as kubernetes it uses resources Um, so things like extract the process by which you pull data from somewhere is defined as a as an extract resource and the idea for for this is basically that if you know how to write kubernetes manifests you know how to write a bubbly bubbly pipelines and bubbly resources
1: Cool. So I guess then um, you just mentioned like two quite big technologies There is like, Would it be fair to make the assessment that if I know how to code HCL in Terraform, I will know how to code in Bubbly? And if I know uh, how Kubernetes works, then probably I have an understanding of how the Bubbly command line tool and server will work. Is that like a fair assessment?
2: I think that's definitely a fair assessment. And as time goes on, if there's any case where that isn't strictly too true. I think we're definitely driving ourselves to, in that direction.
1: Yeah, cool. Thanks. Um, all right. So um, we talked about data pipelines and coding data pipelines. I guess there might be people listening who don't really know what a data pipeline is. Um, do you want to explain, like, <laughs> do you want to explain a, a, a data pipeline in a really simple term? To so it's not like uh, this. Crazy word that <laughs> sounds really sophisticated, but I can um, I can do
2: my best. I don't pretend to be a data engineer or data scientist, but um, and I think this took quite a while for us to realize. We went back and forth with our own interpretation of of a data pipeline, but in the end, we settled very strictly on on ETL. So for those who don't who aren't aware, ETL is uh, basically the process of extracting data, transforming it in some way, and then loading it to some to some separate location be it a database or or other warehouse or whatnot um and this is exactly where we basically settled on data pipelining ourselves so we have an extract resource a transform resource and a load resource and we've kind of again kept this as simple as possible so that people coming from different domains can just jump onto bubbly and see exactly what they need to do in order to to create a pipeline
1: awesome so um yeah, if we if we take back like go back to the original problem that we were discussing with, uh, I think we had the idea of SonarQube and some test automation tool and some OSS tool. So um, how how does this like how does this fit in? If I have these and maybe I have Jira as well or something, I have like more tools. What what is what is the idea here that I basically write data pipelines for each of these tools and extract the data and put it into like bubbly, and, and actually, what does that mean to like put it into bubbly? Like, where does the data end up? Good, good question. So,
2: we basically have the concept of a schema, which is something that that customers themselves will define to, according to their needs, and this is basically a um, a declarative way of defining your underlying database structure. So, the idea would be that you then write extract, transform, load. Pipelines, data pipelines. That then, the end goal is to push data into an underlying database um, that is adherent to that, to that schema, basically. Um, yeah, I think that that summarizes things pretty.
1: Yeah, that's a really nice summary. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so so I have so I have a bunch of tools that I'm already using in my process. I don't have to change anything. And I want to define like the, the the data that I want to solve my problem of of like release readiness. So I create my schema to map that, and then I write data pipelines and populate the data that is going to help me bring confidence to my release.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
1: okay. Cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's really nice. So um, I I guess I'll switch over to to Oliver then. That, um, given this whole pipelining process works great and i've defined my schema written the pipelines and i have now my data uh, i guess the next question would be that how do i how do i actually use that use that data so do you want to give a quick intro to uh, to how we would go about doing that <clears throat> yes so
0: in regards to in regards to displaying the data we have a number of options available one of which would be the built-in bubble uh, ui which is a web interface uh, it is configurable by a customer using HCL, again, HashiCorp HCL, familiar, familiar technology. And it's made of uh, widgets which uh, can display various aspects of the data according to the bubbly schema also defined by the customer. We also don't want to hoard all this data just in our own database. We have uh, a GraphQL interface to access it from any tool that can read GraphQL data. So that could be your business intelligence tool, that could be some custom script, which puts the data into somewhere else, or just queries the parts of it which are relevant to the task in hand. So, the Basic two options available are the built-in UI, which can do nice dashboards uh, to your needs, and also there is this general, very general GraphQL interface, which lets you work with bubbly as if it were a GraphQL source, like a GraphQL database.
1: Cool. Thanks, Oliver. I I, get, I have two two questions about that, and well, so so one question would be. Um, like going back to the to the problem again, we already have these different tools, these different dashboards that people are using. Um, doesn't introducing another tool like the the bubbly UI, so introducing yet another dashboard. Uh, there, there is there a, a reason behind that? Like, what is the what is the idea um, behind like creating yet another another UI, another dashboard, and why not use something like Grafana?
0: Yes, uh, specifically in case of Grafana, Grafana is uh, a time series uh, renderer, so it displays time series. You can wrestle it into displaying information which is not time series, but that's not its intended purpose. You'd be swimming against the current. It's not. It's not a convenient thing to do, and it's not very maintainable. Uh, and Grafana is not very good at building complex hierarchies or pivot tables uh, so any information which is kind of a pivot table Grafana is not really good at it uh, outside of its intended purpose but having mentioned Grafana you can also if you have simple needs you can you you, you can run graphql queries against bubble source from Grafana Grafana has a graphql plugin and any idea that you can express in graphql you can source into your Grafana dashboard as well yes Yes. So the aim with our own custom UI was to give the customers an easy way to programmatically uh, describe uh, the interfaces as code, basically, using HCL from the rich widgets, which uh, do only the thing that you want doing and not much more. So you're not trying to fiddle some complex tool to do the task in hand. You have the right tool for the job. That's the idea behind it.
1: Nice, okay, so if I want to put some data into bubbly and show like a, a, a section of that data, I could easily create a panel in GraphQL to do that. Uh, and that's perfectly fine. But then if I want to start representing this hierarchical data, like if we take a, a, a project level, is the project ready for release? This might now be associated with a whole variety of different uh, types of data, you know, testing, OSS, security, uh, tasks being closed, um, Documents being created, this sort of stuff—that's um, more like hierarchical data in a way that that might then be a challenge in in Grafana to fully yes, represent. Yes, yes, yes,
0: because it's not meant for that. There is some there is some ways to go around it, but they're all very hacky, and that's just not intended purpose for Grafana as a tool. It's a very wonderful tool to display time series and associated information, but not for exploring complex hierarchies or building pivot tables of information.
1: Yeah, okay. Nice. That's 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 a, that's a, that's a nice summary. Um and yeah, I had I had one more question uh about the GraphQL interface. And I guess anybody who's who's listening who doesn't know what GraphQL is, uh I'm probably going to do a very bad attempt right now at explaining GraphQL. Uh, <laughs> um but everybody should be familiar with what a REST API is. So you send a like you send a request to a server to an endpoint and you get some you get a response um back. Uh so GraphQL is um, is an HTTP POST type, and you send a text um, query. And uh, this text query can be quite highly uh, like customized and configurable to only return the data that you actually need. Um, and uh, can also be used for things like um, mutating the data. So you can create new data, you can update data, and uh, you can do things like subscriptions as well. So it is um, it is it is a query language, in my opinion, I mean, um, a REST API, if you want to do something with that REST API, you, you have to code it in the back end. Whereas with GraphQL, you can like provide a GraphQL API and then the user has some flexibility and control over the queries that they write, uh, which is which is pretty 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 cool. Um, but yeah, my and hopefully if like that was a really bad <laughs> explanation, then please <laughs> please please chime in. Um, um, but yeah, my 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 question was going to be this: this GraphQL that is created. Um, ben mentioned earlier about the schema that we define. So, um, uh, how how does this GraphQL interface work? Is it sort of created from the schema, or do I need to do something extra to to use it?
0: The GraphQL schema is uh, created automatically from the database schema, which uh, models the release uh, readiness process for a specific customer. So we're not making a lot of assumptions what your release readiness process looks like. We're just offering the tools to model it. So once you model it as a database schema, basically what we call it public schema, then GraphQL, uh, Schema is generated automatically and using modern GraphQL tools, you can even explore that schema in an introspective way. So you can ask what uh, fields and what objects it supports. So it's very, it's almost uh, effortless. It's actually effortless to have a GraphQL schema for your data because once you get the model of your release readiness process, the GraphQL schema is just there for you to explore. With yeah. whatever with whatever tool you want to use for exploring the data, even Grafana with a GraphQL plugin can be used, or our built-in UI would have a built-in facilities for exploring the data in interactive ways, so like a REPL
1: uh, type thing. R- REPL being the yeah, like ability to write code in in a browser and execute it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Read or execute, I- read
0: execute, print, and well, what's L 4 Loop,
1: it's a loop, okay. loop, yeah. yeah, loop. Cool. Alrighty. Um, nice. And um, um, we had Nate on the call as well, but he's uh he's a recent father, and uh, so he has obligations. Let's put it that way. Um, and he had to he had to jump off now. Um, but our question for Nate was going to be, "What is bubbly written in?" And um, well, we were hoping he'd go off on a on a rant about how much we love Go. Uh, <laughs> um. And I guess the three of us can make the best effort at that now. So I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of say that Bubbly is primarily written in Go, um, GoLang. At least the the end is. Um, we drew a lot of inspiration from the HashiCorp tools. Um, this is kind of like single executable, uh, single binary, uh, nice architecture. Um, I mean, Golang's a simple language, um, but extremely powerful and yeah, just really like nice experience to to code in. And I don't think we regret that decision at all. Uh, right, guys? Not <laughs> at <regrets>? all, no. <laughs> Did um, Golang even exist uh, 10 years ago? Or? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> were, you, were you secretly uh, a developer at Google working on the language before it was public? or? Um uh no 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 well i, I when when was Girlang released actually i'm, I'm sort that of, was a was, long while I think ago It was 2011 wasn't it i
2: think it was yeah. 10 years ago
1: yeah wow yeah. it's 2021 isn't it that's okay yeah um it's, it's a bit of a fright um okay um yeah and and uh, i guess the community around Girlang as well has is um, is something that we that we really like and and I guess we should give a shout out to to go Time, which has <laughs> been like uh, I, I can't remember when when Ben you you, you were the one who discovered GoTime, which is um, a podcast for, um, for well around go but I think it's just quite interesting anyway so if anybody who is developing go and listening to this and doesn't know about go time Really recommend you go and check it out. Uh, I don't know what kind of activities we've been doing whilst listening to Go Time. At least when I Hoover nowadays, I have Go Time on and
2: some cross-country skiing the other day for me.
0: <laughs> I I go for long walks and I listen to Go Time on 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 during walking because. I I sort of struggle to maintain concentration for extended periods of time listening to something but I found that when I go for long walks outside like in the nature so it works for me I, I really enjoy uh, people discussing technical subjects listening to it
1: Cool So now we have it as a personal or personal team team person what's a team personal goal? <laughs> a personal goal within everyone in the team to uh, appear on a GoTime episode once and talk about bubbly when 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 this thing grows a bit and, and becomes bigger. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll well hopefully you you'll you'll hear us there talking about bubbly. But yeah, that pretty much wraps up what we were going to to talk about today. So I guess in summary, uh there's a problem of continuous delivery and confidence in release and lots of data. So we have created this thing called bubbly, which is gonna be an open source tool and we're open sourcing it very soon, um, which will allow you to write data pipelines to read data from these different data sources, convert it into the schema that you define and load it to a single database. Um, So it's all collected in one place. That has a GraphQL interface in front of it. And then you can use things like Grafana if you want to. And we will also have a, um, uh, a bubbly UI, which is built to tackle some of the challenges with using Grafana. Things like hierarchical data um, and getting the like big picture rather than creating simple graphs, panels, this kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it's mostly written in Go and we love Go. Was that a fair summary? getting thumbs up on the video which people can't see but yeah (laughs) cool (laughs) so uh yeah thanks a lot ben and oliver for yeah for being on this podcast and and well thank you nate as well who's gone Uh, i guess when he listens listens to this afterwards he'll be grateful that we thanked him always a pleasure Awesome. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for episode two, which uh, will come in, I guess, two to four weeks around that time frame. We don't know what the topic will be yet, but um, yeah, we'll try and keep it fun and interesting. So, all right. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to Bubbly Babble. If you enjoyed our babbling, don't forget to hit subscribe or follow. And if you want to increase your release-ready confidence, head over to bubbly.dev.